who is getting the proper and best representation out of this current agreement. All of a sudden, the person that I trusted to have my best interests and ensure the price, the terms, the conditions were all in favor for me is now representing that buyer. How comfortable do I feel that this realtor now is going to be negotiating on both sides of the table? All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 179 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, I am your solo host. It's a solo cast. Adrian is off sick this week. So we're giving him a little bit of a break and rest. And you've got me today. Uh, Stick around. You may want to watch this on YouTube. I do have a little giveaway. So for those of you that put up with having me as your host today, I am going to be giving something away later in this podcast. It's not going to be a long cast today. It's hard to talk to yourself, but um, I've got something on the desk here. I'm going to be giving away. You will have to watch it on YouTube in order to win this prize. Uh, You can watch all of these podcasts by going to ktconfidential.ca. That takes you right to the YouTube playlist, you'll be able to watch all previous 178 episodes of the podcast. For those of you watching for the first time or you bounce in and out, this podcast started as an educational podcast where it's evolved. It's evolved. And we like to take feedback on what you want us to chat about, what what you want to hear our experiences, real estate related, mostly. Sometimes we get a little off topic, but we do talk about buying, selling, investing, renting. If you're a landlord, property management, we cover the whole gambit. Most of the time, it revolves around residential real estate in the greater Toronto area. We are based out of Milton, Ontario. I am filming today from our Uh, KT Studio, which is located at 75 Main Street East in Milton, right in beautiful, beautiful, beautiful downtown Milton. Got a view of the escarpment from the uh, window I'm looking at of right now. Today's topic is actually fitting that I am doing this podcast alone because it's actually a little bit of a story of mine from the weekend. And it revolves around a buyer using a seller's realtor to purchase a listing, a listing, a property that's for sale. So if you're a buyer and approaching the seller's agent to purchase that listing. So that's what I'm talking about today. Episode 179 of KT Confidential. Um, you can stream this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. And again, go onto YouTube, Carmendi Trot page. You can get there directly by going to ktconfidential.ca. So let's get right into it. The story goes, I met with a prospective buyer, met with them virtually, And a very nice couple. 
I thought uh, we got along real well. They had some extremely intelligent questions that they were asking me, and uh, it was just a good open line of communication. A few weeks went on, and they were in the process of getting um, their mortgage approval. And um, in that process, we were tossing back quite a few emails, quite a few text messages back and forth. What do you think of this house? Um, how does this listing compare to this one? Ariel, what price do you think this home potentially could go for? Those type of emails. And they were quite engaging. And uh, throughout this, I advised them based on the current market status. They did not have a home to sell. They were just in the market to buy a home. And I advised them the absolute most important thing is to nail down a proper pre-qualification and pre-approval for their mortgage. That way they knew exactly what they were getting into mortgage rates, mortgage term, the lender, how long the lender is locking in that approval for. And um, obviously the amount, the amount is always um, important when you're out shopping for a home. It's especially important in the current market because it gives you leverage. It gives you leverage to be able to approach a seller and potentially even show them the approval letter. Um, But that aside, it gives you the ability to go into an offer situation without having a condition on a mortgage approval and knowing that now buyers have a little bit more control in the marketplace because of inventory. So as we've talked about in a podcast, I think that was episode 177, where we spoke about market changes. If you didn't listen to that episode, it's a great episode to listen to if you're buying or selling in, in April, in May very similar marketplace. Um, So anyways, the story goes, uh, a few weeks later, I followed up on, it was actually uh, last weekend, I followed up to see where they're at with the mortgage approval. It's kind of, it was kind of crickets for a few days. And I said, um, hey, I sent you guys an email. Uh, This time I'm sending a text and I said, hey, I sent you an email. Uh, Did you get it? And I kind of knew something was up when they didn't respond, because up until that point, they had been very responsive and uh, very communicative in in the whole process of discussions. So when I didn't get an answer, um, I knew something was up. And um, I sent them a text and I got a message back that said, uh, really don't know how to break this to you. Um, it all happened so quickly and I really apologize, but, um, the story is that a house came on the market in an area we really liked, but thought we would be priced out of, and we ended up going to see it with the seller's realtor. We called the seller's realtor and we we just wanted to go in and have a look, but we fell in love with the property and the seller's agent was willing to save the seller some money on commission. So we figured that that was giving us a better 
better negotiating power. So we ended up buying the house and using the seller's realtor. So I want to talk a little bit about that because there's two sides of the equation. This is not the first time that this has happened to us. It happens all the time in the industry, uh, but more so it's often a question that we get. So first of all, unless it's a rare circumstance where the seller specifically asks us to do that, uh, we have a policy on our team, a rule on our team, that the individual that is representing the seller cannot represent the purchaser. So the flexibility of having team is that a team is that we have multiple representatives. So if the purchaser wanted to work with somebody on the team, they could do that, but it could not be the same representative that is representing the uh, the seller. And in this case, the my prospective buyer ended up using the seller's realtor. So here's the thing. First, I'm going to talk about as a seller. If you're a seller, do you really want to have your representative representative representing the buyer in this transaction? Do you feel that the same level of service is going to be provided to both parties. Now, let's face it. At the end of the day, maybe, maybe the realtor did, quote unquote, save somebody in this equation. And that's, that's the big question mark. Somebody saved money. Who? There is no quantifiable way or justifiable way to say who in this equation actually saved money. The only thing I know is that the realtor was the one, it ultimately would be the one that ends up making more money because they are doing more work. How much more money? I don't know that that can vary and it's everything's negotiable uh, when it comes down to that kind of situation. But how it works behind the scenes is the seller ultimately hires a listing brokerage to represent them. So let's just say the seller hires the listing brokerage and Ariel Cormendi is the listing realtor representing that brokerage. And the seller and myself have an agreement, we'll just say 5% to sell the property. Of that 5%, a percentage also to be determined by the seller, usually based on counsel from their representative, but a percentage of that 5% would be offered to a cooperating brokerage 
if there is one. So I list the property for sale. The seller pays my brokerage 5% of the final selling price plus HST. HST is applicable on all commissions in the province of Ontario. And of that 5%, we would likely offer 2.5% to a cooperating brokerage if there is one. If there is no cooperating brokerage, that means another brokerage representing the buyer. If there is not one, the listing brokerage is still technically, based on the listing agreement in the province of Ontario, still being paid 5% plus HST. So in that equation, an amendment would have had to happen in the event the representative decided that I'll work for a little bit less money to represent, quote-unquote, represent. We don't know what type of representation. There's different types of representation in the province of Ontario. You can actually represent a client and their best interest, or you can just provide them customer service. And that's a whole other podcast. By the way, I'm going to do a giveaway shortly. So if you're listening, you're going to have to watch this podcast, episode 179. Go to ktconfidential.ca. Going to do a little giveaway. So the scenario goes, let me, let me just role play this out. Buyer calls up the listing agent, says, hey, I'm interested in 123 Main Street. Um, looks pretty good. Can we come and see it? Listing agent says, do you have an agent? Are you currently represented by a realtor? Most buyers either start off by looking and don't have representation yet. A lot of them have verbally agreed to work with a realtor. And then there's a lot of them that have a realtor, but they just want to get in to see the house. So they say, no, 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 we, we just want to come and have a look. We're just kind of starting. Anyways, however that happens or happened in this specific scenario, um, agent says, okay, well, I can show it to you at uh, one o'clock today. So the buyer, potential buyer, shows up at one o'clock, looks at the home, walks through the home with the listing agent's representative or the, uh, the seller's representative, the listing agent. And the buyer, potential buyer, says, I really like this house. I want to put an offer in on it. Can you save us? any money, or is there any savings if we go directly through you? That is typically how the conversation goes. And depending on that realtor or that brokerage, there could be many different answers. But in this scenario, 
I don't know the full truth or the full story, and I don't care to none of my business at this point. But in this scenario, the listing agent, the listing realtor, said something along the lines of, I will reduce my commission so it will save the seller's money. So I don't know what the arrangement was or is, but in this case, let's take that 5% now and cut it down. Let's just say a half a percent. Screw it. Let's say a full percent, 1%. So the seller now will only pay 4% plus HST versus 5% plus HST. Let's say it's a million-dollar home. That's a $10,000 savings. The question becomes, from both the buyer and the seller's sides, is now who is getting the proper and best representation out of this current agreement. To me, all of a sudden, the person that I trusted to have my best interests and ensure the price, the terms, the conditions were all in favor for me and to not share any information about me or or our transaction with a prospective buyer is now representing that buyer. How comfortable do I feel that this realtor now is going to be negotiating on both sides of the table? Let me tell you, even with the highest code of ethics, if you are an extremely ethical realtor and you do everything above board, it is still extremely hard to forget things along the way that were told to you that you just now know. What do I mean? Give you an example. The sellers have told you, the listing agent, that they would like $1.2 million. They'd be super happy with 1.1, but at the end of the day, that they would accept a million. So that realtor now is going to make a little bit more money. Right, because before they didn't have the the buyer under contract, and now they do. So, regardless if that is even at a discounted commission or what I call compensation, um, there's more money in play. So, let's just talk about the buyers side for a second before I circle back. A buyer has a lot of 
a lot of choices to make along the way. Who are they going to hire to represent them is usually the first step. The second step is usually finding the right house. But in between there, there's a lot of checkboxes that happen along the way. As a buyer's realtor, we're going to do some checks for them. A, ensure they're buying the right house. B, ensure it's the right price for that house. C, is it the best terms, the best conditions in favor of you, the buyer? And D, we're going to have eyes wide open, ears wide open, all the senses at its full capacity to ensure we're not missing any details when it pertains to the overall maintenance of the home, the condition, the location, the neighbors, um, any back checks, any history checks. You know, you're doing all the proofs, pulling up the land registry system to see who owned it, how long have they owned it. Um, So many steps along the way. Everybody on our team also carries a moisture meter. So we're going through the home to ensure there's no leaks anywhere. Um, There are checks along the way. But most importantly, as a buyer, how do you trust this person that you, you did not qualify this person? The chances are, based on my experience, Buyers that fall into this trap do not do the proper due diligence on that realtor. But now, all of a sudden, you're going to trust them to facilitate the purchase of that home for you. Interesting. And it's all because a quote-unquote savings or being able to negotiate a better deal. I don't know about that because that realtor was hired by the seller. And that realtor now has the trust of the seller to ensure that the home is going to sell for as much money as possible with the best terms and conditions in favor of the seller. So maybe there's information that isn't exchanged, or maybe there's information that usually would be provided but is not provided. How do you know? How do you know? Do you, in fact, trust this person now who's supposed to negotiate for you if you're if you're saying, hey, Sign me up. I'll use you as the realtor if you can save, shed a few bucks on that commission so the seller saves. And I'm going to use that my negotiation ability because the seller is saving 10 grand. I guarantee you, hiring the person to work in your best interests that you choose, you select. 100,000 agents in the province of Ontario, you get 
almost, you get to choose one that fits you, that fits your needs, that you've done the due diligence with and on. You've gone down the road with them. That's the person that needs to be fighting for you. Not the person that the listing agent, uh, that the sellers has have selected. So to me, there's lots of question marks in this scenario, which is why we don't do it on our team. The listing agent is not able to represent the buyer because it absolutely proves to be a conflict of interest. Now, let's just say, speaking of conflict of interest, I'm going to put a hypothetical out there. Let's just say now the deal is complete. Okay, Both sides agree to a transactional to a transaction. They decide, yep, it's a good price fair for both sides. The terms, the conditions, the deposit, the closing date, that all lines up for both parties. Both parties are happy. Both parties seemingly feel like they saved something. Again, don't know if that's the case. It usually is not. But let's just throw out a hypothetical here. And again, I'm putting my realtor hat on a little bit because, again, this is why we don't agree to it. What happens during one of the visits when something goes wrong? So a buyer is entitled, typically, per the contract, to visit the property two times. What happens if there's an issue during one of those visits? Now the realtor has to make both parties happy. And sometimes that's really difficult to do. If there is an issue that the buyer points out and the realtor doesn't necessarily agree with it, they have to go back to the seller and say, hey, the buyers pointed this out. They would like it addressed. Whatever it is, I don't know. I'm not going to get into specifics. If you want to talk specifics with me about this, feel free to DM me and uh, we can chat. More importantly, leave a comment below, especially if you have any history or experience with this. I know there's a lot of realtors that agree that the listing agent should not provide service to or representation to the buyers. In fact, it's being talked about that it may at some point basically be illegal. Uh, here's the giveaway. If you're watching on YouTube, you've got to be watching to know what the giveaway is. Here it is. If you want it, you got to leave a comment below on, on this YouTube video, on our YouTube channel. Leave a comment. I'm giving away this bad boy right here. So if you're just listening, you don't know what it is. But here it is. It's beautiful. 
It's brand new, sexy as hell, and I'm giving it away. I'm going to randomly select somebody that comments and subscribes. You've got to be a subscriber and comment. If you do that, I'm entering you, you into a draw for this beautiful, beautiful beep, fill in the blank. You got to be watching. So if you want it, leave a comment and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll be giving that away. In a week, next next week. Um, now, what happens at closing? There's a problem. Buyers can't close, or the fridge isn't working. There's mail still pouring in. They left a bunch of garbage behind. Could pose some problems when the same representative is representing both parties. And how do I know as a buyer that that contract was drafted in a way to protect me and my best interests versus the seller's best interest or versus just being not shady, above board, you know, but just making everybody kind of happy. Well, usually when I negotiate on behalf of buyers, I am putting the sellers and the seller's realtor um, in through a bit of a ringer. Like I'm making sure that we've got every piece of ammunition to hammer out a deal that is absolutely without question the best arrangement possible for our buyers. Yes, it's tricky in the seller's market, especially if the house is really nice and is priced well. You might not have an offer that's full of conditions. You might have an offer that's totally firm, free of conditions. But I'll give you another example. What if there is Kitech plumbing in that property? And the seller, maybe they didn't disclose it. And the realtor that's now brought in to act on behalf of both parties just didn't put it in the contract. Um, we talked about those visits. What about those visits? Are there any? How long are they for? How many, how many are there? What about debris around the property? Is, is there a clause in the contract that talks about there being no personal belongings, no debris left behind? Uh, what about any rental items? What about the contracts? Have the contracts for any rental items been reviewed and documented? Uh, what about the serial numbers? of anything that's included in the property that's expensive. Have those been properly documented? And nine times out of 10, I would assure you, or I'm going to guess, can't assure you, I'm going to guess that nine times out of 10, there are shortcuts that would be made in that contract because we're just trying to make everybody happy and 
seemingly a fair deal for both sides. So I'm going to caution buyers, probably more so than sellers. But at the end of the day, who is saving the money? Seemingly the sellers. But did the sellers now sell at a discount? Because the buyers are saying to, to themselves, well, wait a minute. The sellers are now saving money on the commission. Where's my cut of this deal? And it's not just... My phone's going crazy. It's on airplane mode. I apologize for that. It's not just the seller that wants to save some money. It's the buyers too. The buyers are saying, okay, well, if you're reducing your, your commission, I, you know, I want some advantage of that. Whether it's using it as negotiation with, with the seller or potentially asking them to give a cash back or some kind of incentive. But at the end of the day, is anybody saving money? And I know one thing. It's extremely tough as a realtor to negotiate the highest price for the seller and at the same time, negotiate the lowest price for the buyer. And I'm going to leave you with that because that's what it all boils down to. So the numbers that are behind the scene in terms of what the brokerage is or brokerage is being compensated, what matters most to buyers and sellers Aside from all the legal mumbo jumbo, which, by the way, one word in the wrong place on a contract can mess up how it represents that individual in the purchase equation or in the sale equation and how it legally protects them. But how does somebody negotiate? the highest possible price for the seller and the lowest possible price for the buyer? And the answer is, it's not possible. It's physically not possible to sell the home for the highest price representing the seller and at the same time represent the buyer in getting the lowest price possible. And that's in any market. As a negotiator, you cannot possibly negotiate both sides of the spectrum and come up with one number that both sides are equally agreeable to without actually sacrificing something from somebody's end. So somebody lost in the equation. Is it the seller? Is it the buyer? I don't know. Every circumstance might be different. Um, my caution to everybody out there is as a buyer, you do not pay anything 
out of your pocket in order to have proper representation, somebody that is battling for you to represent your best interest to ensure you're getting the right price at the right time on the right house in the right location with the best terms, price, conditions, deposit, the structure, and following through to make sure that you have a pleasant experience and one that goes seamlessly until you close and beyond closing. That relationship with that person that you vetted personally usually goes well beyond the closing. You know, the checkup calls, hey, how's how's the house? Can I stop by with some coffee? Hey, you're invited to our next client event. Would love to see you there. All of the things that realtors do beyond the closing. Um, Episode 179, KT Confidential. I'm giving away this to those of you that are watching on YouTube. You've got to be watching on YouTube. So all of you podcast people, jump on ktconfidential.ca or search us on YouTube by searching Cormendi Trot. And you got to comment and subscribe on our YouTube channel. I'm giving away this beautiful bad boy right here. It's really nice. I actually don't even have one of these myself. See that? You can tell uh, that little extra touch to this. Beautiful. Giving that away next week. All you got to do is subscribe and comment on this video. Uh, that's a wrap. It's more, this was more of a rant than a solo cast, but I like ranting once in a while. Um, that's it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Episode 179.